0: All fins and jags What a drag
1: Welcome football fans to episode three of the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host Casey Thompson. Casey.
0: How was your week, buddy? You know, it's kind of depressing that the draft is over. We look forward to it for months. And now it's gone. Come and pass, and now we just get to obviously think that both of our teams are going to make it to the Super Bowl after our drafts. <laughs> it, automatically, it means that's it. We're, we're going. We'll hold the Lombardi at the end of the year because um, of our irrational confidence in our teams. Um, yours is much more irrational than mine. Because- I don't.
1: I think you should pump the brakes. I think you're only speaking for one of us right now. <laughs> I definitely do not think my team is uh, going to be hoisting the Lombardi this year.
0: You're saying something different from what your text uh, (laughs) have been displaying to me all week.
1: We'll Uh, get into it.
0: (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, beside that, you know, it's it's been good. Um, It's it's been nice watching all these these analytics come in for the podcast, seeing all the different uh, listeners Mm-hmm. Shout out to people in Texas, Washington, Ohio, and of course Belgium. And you get to you get to see a lot on the on the podcast inlets, including how long someone has listened to a podcast. One person, of course, listening for fifty six seconds. On an unrelated note, shout out to my mother in law, Cindy Bush, for listening <laughs> to my podcast. Every listen counts. Uh-
1: <laughs> just download it. You don't even have to listen if you don't want. Just you know, give us the sweet sweet numbers. And if you are just downloading it, you didn't even hear me say that.
0: It has been about two minutes, and, I've, uh, and I just said it again. Apologies to your wife for saying um uh, too many times in this pod. She hates silence and um, and I'm doing it all over, all over the place. I don't know why. I don't know. Do I do this all the time in real life? I, I have to second guess everything, but I think I use uh, a lot. So my apologies if this bothers you. This is not the pod for you. If it is. We bothers-
1: mostly spend time. Uh, on text, so uh, you don't really text me a lot of ums. I think every once in a while when I say something absolutely ludicrous to you, but uh, for the most part, we spend most of our time on, on a on a vigorous text chain.
0: Yeah, but now I'm self-conscious of it, and every time I say it, I don't know, and I, I paused in the middle of the first minute because I just realized I said um like five times. Uh, so sorry to your wife.
1: <laughs> Casey, episode, episode one... You said that you were going to give a shout out to your beverage of the night every night, um, and we only we quickly
0: we okay, only made I, it uh, I, I, one yeah, episode yeah, with that. Yeah, that, that I re, I am glad you remembered. I didn't think anyone cared, but probably care. no one cares except for you. I always so, care yeah, for the for the second episode, which already went too long. But yeah, I could have made a shout out to the drink, which was sherry, which I purchased. It is a fortified wine. I bought it because. Uh, it's what Frasier and Niles drinks on the sitcom known as Frasier. Oh. And in case anyone's wondering, I am white anyway, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to try it cause they drink it often on Frasier. I've never had it before and I bought a bottle and that's what I drank the last episode. And I'm gone with that. That bottle's gone. It sounds absolutely uh, it was, terrible. It was it was okay. I'm never gonna buy it again. Um, but I I'm back to Maker's Mark uh, because I
1: old gotta, reliable, huh?
0: Yeah, get something quick. But I, I will I'll try to be better about that. My apologies.
1: That's okay. I'll 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 try and keep you honest. So, uh, as we're getting um more and more podcasts, I just said um. Yeah, As, as <laughs> she, we're getting more in and more our heads. She's in our heads she She's our already, head. already in your head Listen, all the time Now you know, she's in both of our heads My wife lives in my head rent free for sure <laughs> yeah. So as, as we get more and more listeners And uh, more and more episodes I want to go ahead and, and, and ask our listeners If they would be so willing to give us Some five star rating reviews on iTunes And if you do I'm going to read them right up here at the top of the show
0: uh, this is actually just a question of my okay. knowledge. Of, I'm a uh-huh. podcaster and I don't know. Is iTunes the only place you can write?
1: I I believe that there are other places. Uh, I listen to my podcast on Stitcher, which does not. And I also don't think Spotify does. Thank you. The only yeah. one I know uh, is iTunes off the top of my head, but I'm sure that there are other ones that allow you to do it, like probably Google Podcasts, but I don't I don't use that. Got it. Okay, so would you? I, would you well, I, do, sure, yeah, anyone,
0: do you have anyone checking on the team uh, Google Podcasts to make sure there's no reviews over there?
1: Yeah, we'll get our intern on that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm gonna read. We've got two. Uh, technically, we have three, but one of them's me. I won't. I won't give myself a shout out. <laughs> so we've got two um, reviews, and the first one comes from Bay 226. And the title is Once Every Two Weeks Isn't Enough. Thoughtful, perspective, great hosts. Love that they skip the hot takes part of sports talk. Side note, they have great podcast voices. LOL.
0: Yeah, that that, shout out to Albert.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Second one, Knowledge and Great Repartee by Jags Jersey Closetful. Love listening to you two. Thanks, Mom. Uh, (laughs) Sure, that's not you. That that one's not me. <laughs> uh, okay. that's my sweet sweet mother. I appreciate her very much. So yeah, if you guys would be willing to give us a rating or review, I'll read it within reason if you link the entire uh what am I what's what's the word I'm thinking of right now?
0: I don't the, know, I just got distracted by the long oh, I honestly I uh, completely lost my uh, word <laughs> <laughs> What you
1: were saying before. The script of the B-movie. I will 100% not read the entire B-movie. Don't do that. I won't read it. But if you write us something, eh, I, I will do my best to read the whole thing.
0: And feel free to submit fan questions, much like also, too, Albert. Also,
1: feel free to submit fan questions to our our email at surfandartificialturf at gmail.com. And we're going to finish up with Albert's two questions. That we did not get to last week because we thought we were going to go too long, which inevitably we will also go too long on this one. Nailed it! Let's get them going, Casey. First question from Superfan Albert: What are the five worst draft picks of your your franchises have made? Cough, cough. Dion Jordan, Casey. All right, So right, five worst Dolphins draft picks.
0: I kind of took this and did it from two thousand. Mostly because, oh, he's not drinking a seltzer. He just showed me an IPA. I'm so proud right now. Is that your As, first of the night?
1: Yeah, I saved it That's till why. just now. Okay.
0: That's why. Okay. <laughs> no seltzer for you. I saved it, <laughs> it for this it, moment. Do you have the antacid by Oh, there it is. The seltzer's, the seltzer's right. Second, second in command. <laughs> Ready to follow. Okay. Uh, so I took this and I didn't do uh, – anything really before 2000, mostly because I I wouldn't, I mean, unless it's something like real obvious, uh, I, which isn't. Really None of mine are before long. 2000 as well. You, yeah. You, you you only had what, seven or eight drafts before 2000. So mm-hmm. I, I had a lot more to choose from.
1: Actually, that's not true. I lied. Go ahead.
0: You have one before 2000 is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, well, anyway, I you, you were twenty, you know, coming into two thousand. So I, I, I unfortunately was eight. So, <laughs> gotcha. Harsh um, but true. <laughs> but anyway, I, so all mine are after two thousand, and I'm mm-hmm. just gonna start at number five. Uh, you probably know him, Pat White, incredible quarterback. What a guy. Uh, he was actually a second round pick. The timing is what gets us. And I think it's kind of timing. You're going to probably go into this a little bit later, later on with the Texans. But we're coming off a year. We have Pennington. We have Henny. We're coming off a great, un, almost un, kind of unprecedented playoff year where we were terrible and ended up making the playoffs the following year with the Wildcat Dolphins. Mm. We have our quarterbacks. We have Pennington right now, Henny for the future. You know, no comment there, but that, that was the plan. And we use a second-round pick on Pat White. The logic there just doesn't make sense. We need to build off of what we had just done. And uh, if you're familiar with Pat White, congrats to you, because most people aren't because he was terrible. Uh, he, he played a, I think a total of maybe five or six games, and that was it for his NFL career. So solid second-round pick there. Next is Jason Allen at number four, cornerback, 2006 Sam Madison, Patrick Sertain, they both were out the door. Needed to rebuild the corner room. You go with Jason Allen. Three picks later, Antonio Cromartie swinging a miss on Jason Allen. (laughs) And it's sad to see a much better corner a couple picks later. Uh, That was 4-3. Everyone knows this guy. Ted Ginn, Jr. Pick number nine. Not great. Uh, we basically drafted a punt returner at pick nine uh, he, yeah, yeah, he, he peaked maybe with the Saints maybe with mm-hmm. the panthers at like eight hundred yards or so. we did a little bit of digging into him with the john ross uh, back and forth but uh yeah he he didn't really pan out uh, as a first round draft pick definitely not a top ten pick. next is as mentioned previously mentioned by superfan. Albert Dion Jordan. Now, I was going to put him one, but then I kind of looked at it and that draft was terrible. I believe it's 2013. For some reason, I didn't put it down in my notes. 2013 draft was bad. And it wouldn't have made that big of a difference, I don't think, if we just stayed at 12. Mm-hmm. And then the trade itself was pick 12 and pick 42 to trade up to three. Doesn't that seem kind of crazy to you based on the trades that happened this year? We moved up nine spots into the pick three and only had to give up a mid-second.
1: Yeah, that does seem crazy. I mean, I I don't have the classic Jimmy Johnson trade chart memorized, but that does sound insane. Here's some
0: context. The 49ers trade up from 12 to three this year. Yeah. (laughs) They gave up. Two other first-round picks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I mean, even we traded up from twelve to six. Yeah, and gave up a first. And this year they gave up. I mean, they, they uh, in twenty thirteen they just gave up a second-round pick. I mean, that's just Hmm. we already along with that we had two second-round picks that year. So it's not like we were giving up our only second-round pick. So I mean, the, the sacrifice wasn't that much. Um, to, to trade up, but Deion Jordan, uh, not great. <laughs> he, he was kind of unproven in college. He had an injury history, but yeah, we were obsessed with him, and uh, that really turned out well. Plus, we already He had was Kevin an athletic
1: Wade. freak, though. He was an athletic like, freak. Like, for the but... size that he was and how fast he was, I understood that pick. I thought he was going to be good, but obviously size, weight, size weight speed doesn't always translate.
0: I mean, another problem is that we had Cameron Wake, we had Olivier Vernon, so it's not like we needed an edge rusher. It wasn't yes. a hard need. Jake Long yeah. just left. We needed a left tackle, and we we traded up and picked a uh, edge rusher.
2: <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know exactly what their plan was for him, but whatever their plan was, he didn't pan out to be that plan. So uh, Deion Jordan, number two, number one, Jamar Fletcher. Are you familiar with Jamar Fletcher? I am not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a good reason why. He, he was a cornerback that we okay. decided to draft. We, at the time, had, say, a Madison and Patrick Sertain. Two pro bowlers, all mm-hmm. pro defensive backs. Really did not have a need for a third. We needed a quarterback more than anything. And sitting there was Drew Brees. And we said, nah. <laughs> no, good Good you know, there. We don't need to take another shot at quarterback. Let's go for a cornerback. That's our, our pressing need. So that's why Jamar Fletcher is number one on my list because of the, the, the opportunity. I mean, we whiffed on Drew twice, basically. We were like, he came nice. back to us like, it's what, six years, seven years later, and was like, hey, I know I'm coming off an injury, but your quarterback history since Dan has left has been terrible. And we said, no. We said, no. Fool me once, Drew Brees. And he fooled me twice, I guess, too. And we passed on him twice. Anyway, Jamar Fletcher, number one on my list. That's the top five.
1: Okay, I'm going to go uh, mine. Nope, I didn't put them in order. I just, as they came to my head. So I I guess maybe the first one would be be the uh, most egregious. Uh, But I just did these as they came to my head, as I was thinking about them, so... My first one's Blake Bortles. Uh, not only was he bad after 2017, uh, he also got the contract extension that really kind of put them in a poor spot cap-wise for a couple of years. He was still $15.5 million in dead cap even when he wasn't on their roster in 2019, which was it, it, troublesome. Uh, next was Luke Jokel, uh, 2013 first overall, overall pick. Um you could have ignored it. That was the same draft. Yeah, 2013. If you go back, honestly, and you look at that first round, it's it's not great.
0: Okay, so you looked at it too. Yeah, I didn't even think about yeah, that in the comments. It's the not great. It's terrible.
1: <laughs> like it had they needed they needed a left tackle. Obviously, Eric Fisher would have been the better of the two choices, obviously. But I mean, it it, it was not a great draft. If you go back and look at 2013 as as a draft as a first round, you're not going to see a lot of guys that still are in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I'm going to read off top 10 just real quick. Sure, go ahead. Eric Fisher, obviously, he was the best out of this group coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, Luke Jokel, Deion Jordan, Lane Johnson went to the Eagles. He was a decent mm-hmm. offensive Decent, tackle. yep. Uh, Ezekiel Anza went to the Lions. Uh, defend to okay, yeah. I love this name. I don't even recognize his name. It's only seven years ago or eight years ago. Barcavius Mingo?
1: Yeah. Kiki Mingo. He played for the Browns. He's a linebacker.
0: Okay. Maybe I recognize the Kiki Mingo. I don't, I don't, I guess maybe I didn't know his name. first name was Barcavius. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. His nickname was Kiki. Barcavius. Another shout out to Albert. I know he he likes the names. He likes to give us some proposed names for our future children. Barcavius Mm. is on the list now. (laughs) I hope um, not. (laughs) Only if you're going to call your next job Kiki. The <laughs> yeah, Kiki for short. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. Jonathan Cooper, a guard for the Cardinals. Yeah, no idea. Tavon Austin, a wide receiver for the Rams. Mm-hmm, terrible. D. Milliner, cornerback for the Jets.
1: I think he played for Shane a little while. Shane
0: but... Tennessee Titans guard. Mm-hmm. Not, not a great 10. I mean, no. I mean, the only other names that you probably would recognize in that draft Sheldon Richardson, is a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Eric Reed went at eighteen, mm-hmm. and then there was a there was a bit of a run. Kyle Long, Tyler Eifert, Desmond Tumont. That was twenty to twenty two, and then the, really the best pick was at 27, which is DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, yeah, I
1: saw that. And I was like, if you could redo that draft, yeah. uh, Hopkins is the number one pick in that draft.
0: He sure is. Tavon Austin going over him is terrible. It's and insane. the wide receiver next after him is Justin Hunter. Yeah. So really sandwiched in between some great wide receivers. Um, yeah, but some bad picks. I think 100%. Just, just scrolling down this list, there are definitely some picks going down that were better uh Le- Le'Veon Bell Travis Kelsey I mean they were they were you know tier mm-hmm. on, the honey badger uh so if you keep going down on this list Keenan Allen was a third round pick mm-hmm. there, whoever was scouting that year did a terrible job
1: bad yeah if you look do yourself a favor if you're ever like man I really want to look at maybe one of the worst drafts of all time 2013 first round very bad
0: Especially if you look at who's in these later rounds. I mean, it's just like, wow, they really whiffed on the talent and just went with these guys that are no longer in the league.
1: Mm -hmm. Next one, Uh, still on the roster for the Jaguars for the time being, Taven Bryan. Uh, He was a Tom Coughlin slash Dave Caldwell joint. uh, that uh, They picked him because they believed that their team was set and they could take a developmental player. If you ever go back and watch Taven Bryan, he is a big, strong guy, but has no idea what's going on around him. He is a, a terrifying watch. Uh, next pick would be Derek Harvey, which is the one that was, I, I believe, before 2000. I'd have to look it back up, but I think he was 99. um 99. Derek Harvey was a trade-up. They gave up 26 overall, two third-rounders, and a future fourth-rounder. Uh
0: trade-up to what? It, it's. I
1: think it was top ten. Do you want okay. to guess how long of a career Derek Harvey had, edge but, rusher, and how many sacks?
0: I mean, I don't, I don't recognize the name, so I'm going to say he had three years or less.
1: Four years.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's actually. I mean, that's so his first yeah, contract not all with the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. His first contract, and then no, everyone else was like, "Nah, we're right. good." How many sacks he had in four years?
1: They were not. All four years were not with the Jaguars. He got released.
0: Oh, he got released? Of- yes. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> How many total um, sacks? Edge rusher. Sacks not be all end all, but four years. Uh, ten. Eight. I, Eight total all. sacks. He was a draft pick that they gave up four picks Yeah. yeah able yeah. to get him, and yeah. he offered them double that. In well, I,
0: mean, I, 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 I guess worse than that was the fact that he never played it down for the Jags. <laughs> so- no, he did. Oh, okay. I, I mean, he did play a way down
1: way. he he played two years is, okay. uh, for the Jaguars and then they released uh, okay. him because he was wildly ineffective and then went to another so, team.
0: So he probably got four or five sacks with you guys. hmm Congrats.
1: And last pick, but not least. The one the only still playing in the still oh, playing in the league, <laughs> Blaine Gapper. Ooh, yeah. It was a terrible pick. I did not like him coming out of college. He, You know when you're watching a quarterback, uh, let's take Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, running for his life. At the very least, while Pat Mahomes was running for his life, it looked like he was trying to do something. Blaine Gabbert was running for his life, and he was just like, I don't want to get hit. The guy was the guy scared to get hit. How do you draft that person to play football for your team if he's scared to get hit? Terrible pick. So uh, next question. I feel like I, tu- I took the wheel on this one. This one from Albert was any food slash chef analogies that we can apply to football. I compare the dolphins misusing talent to a guy who orders the filet mignon and then asks for it to be cooked well done. The ingredients are quality, but they're being used in the wrong way, i.e. Tannehill flipping the switch in Tennessee. Let me just say, Albert, uh, often I text Casey, when somebody at the restaurant that I work at will order, we have we have some relatively expensive steaks. Sometimes they're around ninety dollars. Sometimes they're around seventy-five dollars. And occasionally I get the well done, and I just it it boggles the mind. I do not understand.
0: And he knows I hate it too. And we both are just sad for for the human race.
1: I try to not judge people for what they order while I'm cooking it, but anybody who orders a seventy $75 steak and gets it well done, this is me telling you, just order a cheeseburger the next time you go because you're wasting your money. So what I decided to do, Albert, I kind of racked my brain about this question more than I probably should have, uh, but here we are. So I'm going to break down the stages of the NFL season into the stages of cooking. So free agency and draft are the prep work. The more you prep and the more you mise en place, the easier the rest of the, co- the cooking is. OTAs in training camp are the actual cooking. This is where you do your work and getting everything up to temp for service. Preseason is plating. This is where if you did the other two correctly, you're giving yourself enough time to put your plate together in the most appealing way possible. Season of service and service slash eating. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Hopefully you didn't burn it. season, if you're lucky, is having someone else do the dishes. What do you think? JC? That
0: was an incredible. I I just was long for the ride and I love it.
1: I'm at work. People are like, why are you not talking? Why do you look like you're just in your head? I said, because I am. I'm coming up with a football and food analogy right now. <laughs> Leave me alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of time spent on that that Albert superfan Albert question.
1: It's more, more time, uh, it, uh, definitely enough time that him. it deserved, but more time than I should have spent on it. Yeah. So like, thank you again, Albert.
0: It's not like you're getting graded on your answer, but you took it so personally. I, yeah, it you're was. Like, I have to get an answer. To it this was guy. a strain. It's got to be good. All right. All well, right. I guess if we want to carry on. That metaphor. We want to see which dishes we want to ser- send back and which we would recommend to a friend in our winners and losers segment Absolutely. of the NFL Draft. Did you like that? I, I mean, that was- I loved it. I that was- it took, me, took me five seconds.
1: That yeah, was an incredible segue. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Somebody should buy you a segue for that segue. Yeah.
0: yeah there. You go. Okay. So I think we agreed that I would start with a winner.
1: Absolutely. But before you get there, Ooh. I do want to mention- My biggest draft day surprise. So we had in our our mock draft of what you and I would have done as GMs, we moved up as the Bears. And I made the comment that if the Bears ownership allowed Ryan Pace to move up for a quarterback, that there would be a riot. In the streets of downtown Chicago, that they would There's... storm Soldier Field, decapitate Ryan Pace. I did say this and <laughs> yeah, put yeah, his yeah. head on a pike and burn the to field down fair. to the ground.
0: Let's, let's, let's be fair. First of all, you said it in the context that they'd be moving up for Mac Jones. So. Uh-huh. But also, uh, shout out to myself for calling that trade up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did nail that. I'm very proud of you. We did... Wrong quarterback,
0: but it happened and I was shocked. <laughs> Shit! If Justin Fields was available there, I would have. Yeah, I would have made that same trade. The fact that Justin Fields fell that that far is another thing. But
1: go ahead. So, Casey, winners and losers. Who is your first winner of this draft?
0: You are going to be shocked by this one. We didn't just lead into this. We what a segue! We, we, we could have made a better segue in that one. <laughs> we went back to the topic that we were talking about. Speaking yes, of surprises, the and
1: the Bears making a surprise draft trade, <laughs> Casey, who's your winner? <laughs>
0: Second time's the charm. Yeah, it's the Chicago Bears. And, you know, for this exercise, I was thinking, you know, should I list all seven picks for each of these winners and losers and go through each one and how each one is a good or bad pick, blah, blah, blah? The answer is no because I don't want to go an hour and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And second of all, you don't really have to do that for the Bears. You just have to name two names, and that's Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean – we shit all over Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears for their mm-hmm. offensive plan. We had we kept saying on our first pod, there is nothing. They have no plan. There's nothing up there. They're screwed. They got Andy Dalton as QB one. They're tweeting it out. This is it. The end. There is no way they could fix this. And then by I mean I don't know how this happened. Why? Well, I, mean, I don't know how people were dogging Justin Fields leading up to the draft all over in, in the media. And there were just a lot of comments about how he won't look past his first read and he didn't wasn't committed and blah, blah, blah. And we kept saying he's the second best quarterback in this draft. Period. Correct. And so it was still surprising to see him fall as far as he did on the first day even uh-huh. with all that speculation that no one liked him in the NFL or they were they were down on him in the NFL i should say so you know <clears throat> he falls all the way to 12 somehow and the bears are there to, to, to scoop him up and i mean you have, did you write the trade down i do
1: trade so, so they, they traded 20 164, of course, my phone's going to turn off as soon as I'm looking at it. 20, 164, uh, the 2022 first, and and 2022 fourth for 11.
0: Right. So they gave up, I think 164 is a fourth. Four picks. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But they gave up a first and fourth this year and a first and fourth next year. Correct. They go up eight spots. Which, you know, it's fine. I mean, I, I think I think that that's a fine trade for both sides. I think that's pretty equal, mm-hmm. even. But, I mean, you got to do that as Chicago because there's your franchise quarterback sitting mm-hmm. there. And you know, you know if he's sitting there at 15, the Patriots are going to grab him. And you know that someone else, other people are going to make these phone calls to try to trade up to get him because – you got to imagine not everyone's as stupid. And Mm -hmm. the Bears don't have a plan. They needed something. Uh, So they made that QB1 tweet that they had when they signed Dalton look terrible. And they traded up and got Justin Fields, second-best quarterback in this draft, by our opinion, at pick 12, which is just asinine. But here we are. And then they do it again. They needed offensive line help. And we're not going to go into what they did after the trade. (laughs) After the draft, I should say, because that kind of defeats what what we're saying here. But they needed offensive line help, and this grade is only uh, this winner is just what they did during the draft and not after because they made a terrible mistake and dropped a great offensive tackle. But in the draft, they they traded up again and got Tevin Jenkins, who we both loved. Mm-hmm. He's he's a he's a beast. He's a monster. He'll he'll he'll. I mean, he'll be a force to reckon with in the in the NFL. Uh, I don't know now where they're playing him. It sounds like left tackle, so you know we'll see how that goes. He did play his last year at left tackle, but regardless, great pick there too. So just those two. picks. I mean, they may have, they had other picks, but just those two picks alone, they're a winner.
1: I do I do want to point out one of the things that Casey and I have been talking about a lot is. Uh, it's it's kind of difficult. We're doing it now because we have opinions on these players and we do feel like there are people who, who are winners and losers, but there is an application of these players. And what the Bears are doing, why they gave up Charles Leno and have decided to move Tevin Jenkins from where all, all of the experts say that he is, would be a dominant player on the right side, either guard
0: or tackle.
1: They are for some reason giving up a top tier, according to PFF left tackle to switch Tevin Jenkins over for uh, cap issues. I I do want to point out, we love Tevin Jenkins. I hope that the bears are right. I hope that they do not misuse this guy and, play him on the left side at, at a spot that he's not suited to play. But the pick overall is a win. Uh, two other picks I wanted to look at for the Bears when I saw that you were doing these as a the winner. They are two six-round picks. Khalil Herbert uh, as, a, as a speed running back. I think he's a great player. I watched him a little bit. I thought he was a, a good value. Knew he was going to be one of those running backs later on. And Daz Newsom is the number two wide receiver for the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels. I watched way more this offseason North Carolina than I thought I would ever watch in my life. (laughs) And Daz Newsome, I like him more than De'Ami Brown. I, De'Ami Brown, I felt like made his game was a benefit from how strong the two running backs were, I feel like Daz Newsome is an electric, electric player. He's going to come in. He's going to immediately be their punt and kick returner. He's going to, with Matt Nagy, who I believe in, uh, it, as a good offensive coach who can scheme well. He's never had a season below 500, even with Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's gonna, going to be able to get the most out of Daz Newsom,
0: and I think it's going to be exciting to watch. This is why we have you on the pod uh, every week, Baxter, for these six round evals. this, this yeah. is why we this is why we have you. Uh, I appreciate that. No, I I, uh, I, I did. I do actually am familiar with Mr. Newsom. Mm-hmm. I, agree I sent you. you the they, they, I they, sent
1: they... you the video of him catching yeah, that ball yeah, yeah. behind the back of that guy, and I was like, how? I had never even seen that, and I was like, how is this not plastered all over SportsCenter all college season long? He. It just go if you probably Google Daz Newsome catch, it'll 100% come up.
0: Uh, yeah, they need help in the wide receiver room anyway. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly who was their kick and pun returner, but no, that's a great grab. Uh, I, I do want to your... say
1: Cordell Patterson, but that could have been years ago.
0: Yeah, he he. Cor- <laughs> that's a name. That's a player where I'm like, was he? You know, on the Broncos twelve years ago, or is he on the, in the league yeah. currently? I don't know. I honestly don't know. All right, um, so go. I, I think that I finishes up the Bears. Definitely, definitely sure. a winner.
1: Okay, um, my first winner is going to be the Jets. I, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get back into this for the Jaguars, but. I am trying to be consistent and they picked a quarterback high. They needed a quarterback just because they were at pick two and they sucked last year. Uh, Doesn't mean that they don't deserve credit for picking quarterback Zach Wilson. uh, As we've talked about, I I prefer Justin Fields, but Zach Wilson right behind Justin Fields, as far as I'm concerned And then they moved up. They were aggressive to come up and get their guy, Elijah Vera Tucker, who I I saw as a guy who could maybe play left tackle. And then if he couldn't play left tackle, he would be a dominant guard. Instead, they said, no, we'll just put you next to Makai Becton, maybe the best pick of the draft last year as far as offensive linemen. And now our left side set for a generation. And then they came back in round two. They picked a, a value-wide receiver. And then in round four, uh, maybe my favorite pick that they made was Michael Carter. I think with the Shanahan offense coming with uh, Mike LaFleur coming over, brother of Matt LaFleur, uh, head coach of the Packers. He is going. He's their offensive coordinator. He's bringing the 49ers zone stretch scheme. A guy that is a speed guy like Michael Carter was a great pick in the fourth round. And then they also came back in round five and picked a second Michael Carter. So there's no way that one of those isn't going to succeed in the NFL,
0: right? Just because the name? Yeah,
1: they got two okay. Michael Carters. One sure. of them has to be good.
0: Right, right. The law of averages. Correct. Understood. Yeah, that makes sense. That that, that checks out. I think that checks out in most NFL.
1: Mm-hmm. Teams. Uh, so I. this is another one of those things that's philosophical. And what I, I prefer for a team, if you've got a guy that you evaluate as the next best guy, be aggressive. Go, go freaking get him. And that's what they did with Elijah Vera Tucker. And their left side of the line is set. They, I, I don't necessarily know if Makai Becton fits that zone blocking scheme that's going to come with the Shanahan offense, but Vera Tucker definitely does. And you're going to be able to pull him. You're going to be able to bring him over to the right side to get in front of Michael Carter or when Michael P Ryan go Gators. I think, it was, I think it was a great draft.
0: Yeah, you know, and we, we had some back and forth about the value or how much should be added to the value if you have a top pick. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference between my argument for the Jags and the argument for what I'm about to say for the Jets, the reason why I didn't really have Jets as high up there is because I am not sold on Zach Wilson. And there's a chance he's the fourth best quarterback taken in this draft.
1: Yeah, I had I had him as three B. I have him on the same level as Trey Lance.
0: Right. So my point being, you know, that that's kind of why I didn't I didn't initially think of them as a winner because I kind of already downgraded them because of that pick. I agree, Vera Tucker. You know, I, I think we both kind of liked him a lot. Yeah. Uh Good chance though that he would have been there. The offensive tackle stuff, you know, Slater dropped to thirteen. And, you know, there's a chance that Vera Tucker would have been there if they didn't trade up anyway.
1: So there's but, been there's been multiple reports that the um Patriots, if Vera Tucker would have been there at fifteen, they would have taken him over Mac Jones. So that, the Jets jumped over the Patriots, to take Vera Tucker. I've I've heard that on multiple reports that the Patriots, Vera Tucker was number one on their board.
0: Side note on that. uh, I don't know if you you don't listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, do you? No.
1: I already listened to enough football podcasts, (laughs) including our own.
0: If you're not familiar with Bill Simmons, he's from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And he frequently talks about Boston sports teams. And he'll have his dad on, and they'll talk about Boston sports teams. And after the draft, he had his dad on and one of his best friends, also from Massachusetts. And they basically think Mac Jones is the second coming of Tom Brady. The the heads right now of New England sports fans. It's too much. It's out of control. I don't know what quarterback they think they got in Mac Jones, but they think it's the steal of a lifetime that he fell to 15. He's got that
1: Tom Brady dad bod from the draft.
0: I guess so i i mean they were out of their minds they are talking about how this is it i mean like belichick has cemented his legacy as the best coach ever now that he has drafted mac jones and i'm just like what are you talking about uh but yeah i mean that's interesting that i i that's kind of surprising to me that they mm-hmm. had him over Mac Jones. Yeah, I've
1: heard. I've heard multiple reports that if Vera Tucker would have been there, they he, would have taken. I mean, Vera he could
0: have, Maybe he was over uh, Leatherwood for the Raiders. I mean, Who knows? Right. Yeah, who knows? What yeah, who knows? Board and that's
1: like. that's <laughs> one of the that that for me in the first round. If you've got a guy and you're like, this is this is the guy, we gotta have him. Do whatever it takes. And then on top of that, after they made that trade, so they traded they traded up. They gave. 14, or 14 and, and 143, is what they got, and they gave up 23, 66, and 86. After that, so they gave up, so they gave up one additional pick. So after that, further down in their draft, they trade back and got 175 and 207 for 162 and 226, and then with the Raiders, they got. Uh, 162 and 200 for 143. So I, I like that they went up to get their guy. And then later on in the draft, they traded back to take more swings. So for me, and the first round is where you got to get your guy. If you believe in a guy, go get him. later on in the draft. Take as many swings as you possibly fucking can.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I, I, I kind of I mean I agree with you. Uh, I think it was just kind of a, you know, there's there is a chance that he would have been there type of thing, but that's not as big as big as a ding on their draft stock mm. to me as the the Zach Wilson pick. You know, potentially if they if they did want a running back, grabbing Elijah Moore in round two over Javante Williams who was there, and then getting Michael Carter in round four. You know, I don't know well, who would have been a comparable wide receiver in round four instead of Michael Carter compared to Elijah Moore and Javante Williams, if that makes sense in terms of...
1: Oh, yeah, if, I hear what you're saying.
0: I just don't. Their wide receiver room is pretty good, and their running back room is not. So they could have potentially grabbed a premier running back, you know, top three running back. Some, some have a so, top, as high as the one.
1: Wide receivers that went in the fourth round. Des Fitzpatrick on Ron St. Brown,
0: which I did not like
1: him a li- even a little bit. Um, Jalen Darden, who I've never heard of. Tylan Wallace, my guy.
0: And, there you go. I mean, but b- 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 there it is right that's there. That's pretty far back. What, what if what if you said, would you rather have Javante Williams and Tylen Wallace or Elijah Moore and Michael Carter?
1: Uh, I think the second one, because I think, one of the things is, as the jets. Is, is scheme. Yeah. As the jets, I think Michael Carter fits what they're going to try and do better than Javante Williams. I, I love Javante Williams as a, between the tackles guy, who's going to, he broke the most tackles of any player in the NCAA, but what the scheme is, and this has always been my favorite scheme from, uh, from Shanahan to Kubiak, all of those guys is it's a guy who can put his foot in the ground, make one cut, and run as fast as he can down the field, and that's Michael Carter. It's not Javante Williams.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, see again, this is why we keep you around. That's right. <laughs> I didn't know solid scheme for running backs. Um, I'm just looking in terms of better positional value. And it's a, it's a, it's more of a minor thing mm-hmm. in terms of. I just didn't think they need too much help in the wide receiver room right now as much as they needed help in the running back room. So I'm looking at improving that position more. Javante Williams is this, you know, a better running back than Michael Carter. Yes, overall,
1: I do agree with you. Javante Williams is an every down back, whereas Michael Carter from scheme to scheme isn't necessarily going to be an every down back. But in this scheme specifically, I think he's a great fit. Elisha Moore is going to be able to step in and be that Debo Samuel kind of player, I think for them. So it's not even as much their wide receiver room is good, but looking to fill pieces for an offense that I'm very familiar with, because I love it very much. He's yeah, going to be their jet sweep they, guy,
0: but they do have a lot that of, kind of stuff. And sure. you know, again, wide receivers just was just wasn't up there in terms of what I'm And thinking. again, what, I, we'll,
1: we'll get into this again. But a lot of holes, but also they're not going to win their division this year. They're not making the playoffs. They're at least two years away. If Elijah Moore can come in and be a contributor for the future and they've filled a hole, you need three wide receivers to play in the NFL. If they found their wide receiver three for the future, go with me.
0: I mean, they have Keenan Cole now, don't they? So they already have. Yeah, Keelan's
1: more of an outside guy.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, he's also not great.
1: They paid him a lot of money.
0: So, all right.
1: Next up, your next winner, Casey.
0: My next winner are the Browns of Cleveland.
1: How did we ever get here in our life that the Browns are a winner of the draft?
0: Well, the Jets are a winner of the draft. So, I mean, there, there you go. We're, we're, we're the Bears, Jets, and Browns. These are the three teams we hell, just listed. Hell hath
1: frozen over.
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're already in there. You know we're just in the, the the multiverse. You know, uh, so they needed defense. They they needed a lot of help on defense to make a push to be in that top tier of teams in the NFL, and. Boy, did they add a lot on defense Mm -hmm. and a lot of talent, a lot of premier talent. They got Greg Newsom, who will be great. And a great add to the defensive back room. They got JOK, who I guess fell because of some.
1: Yeah, there was some kind of heart issue that popped up in his medical combine. Uh, There's been a report recently that said he was fine. But a couple of teams were turned off because he's got a, a heart issue.
0: Well, if that heart issue doesn't amount to anything and yeah. you got a koromora at 52, yeah, that's that could be a huge steal.
1: A lot like Miles Jack and his sure. arthritic knee that made him fall to the second round. for, And he's been perfectly healthy and hasn't missed a game due to injury.
0: And then they, they added some more you know, more spot pieces in, in the mm-hmm. later rounds that could help where I think is the better spot to add someone that would be great for your scheme. <laughs> uh, such as Anthony Schwartz who's a fast, real fast.
1: He's a burner, soccer. man.
0: It he he might be, he might have the fastest 40. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Don't quote me on that, but he was up there. Uh, you can do that research. And then uh rotation, rotation, offensive tackle, James Hudson, a, more depth on the defensive line side with Tommy Togiai. I mean, just overall a great draft. Those first two up top though, are going to really add a lot to that defense. And, you know, they now, I mean, they, they still have Baker. <laughs> they still have Odell, who, you know, can hit or miss, has some injury history. But, they have the talent i mean it's just a matter of putting it all together and there's a chance they could put it all together with this team and with this defense uh making such a large leap with these two i mean starters uh, you know obvious starters at the top here
1: yeah, so Anthony Schwartz ran a four two seven, and I also believe that Greg Newsome ran in the four twos. So they drafted That's two right. players with their with their first.
0: That's absurd.
1: <laughs> three picks that ran four two forties. Yeah. Uh, guy, I wanted to. Other than JOK, okay, I really like him. I, I understand that if there's a heart issue, and with the way that the season was with COVID and ev- everything that happened. I understand that if you weren't able to get your medical doctors to be able to look at him and give you, you the team, the okay to draft him. I, I understand passing on him, but I think the Browns made a great choice there at 52 to pick JOK, And then the other guy is uh, Tommy Togiai. Uh, he's a I monster. Hmm?
0: So I, I shouted him out, but go ahead. You, you, yeah, you, you he, have more details on him than I do, probably.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I was sorry. I was looking up some 40 times. Uh, he, he's a monster. Did you did you mention his bench press? No, I did not mention yeah, that. Go, I
0: that he was on the defensive line.
1: <laughs> yeah, go Google Tommy Togi bench press. Uh, he did uh, the most reps out of everybody this year. He is uh, a monster. He's a try-hard guy one of those guys that i really like watching on the defensive line he's never going to give up on a play it was a lot of fun to watch him
0: i've been described the same way monster try hard guy
1: absolutely you are you're the try hard guy of the surf and artificial turf podcast
0: yeah there you go except definitely not at all you do a ton more research than i do
1: (laughs) you 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 edit this whole thing and you you make it work man yeah
0: thanks okay up to you for your second winner
1: sure uh my darling my sweet angels the i almost called them the san diego why do i every single time i want to call them the san diego chargers it's a terrifying thing i wish they were still in san diego but alas they're the los angeles chargers Sometimes
0: when i'm like scrolling something alphabetically and i was uh, i mean just for this instance we'll cover them later but the raiders i was like all right oh oh oakland
1: (laughs) did you do that yeah that yeah, gets yeah. me every time. Sure. How often do you do? How often do you Washington Redskins and not Washington football team? I'm pretty good at that one.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, I call them Redskins all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure.
1: Chargers. We both said that their first pick, Rashawn Slater, his floor was eight. There was no way that he should have possibly been able to fall below the Panthers well he did and he fell to 13 and the Chargers didn't have to move and they were able to stick and pick and pick the second best left tackle the position when you and I talked about them as a team that won the offseason for me was because they revamped their offensive line and they said no no no, no we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna stop there we're now gonna add the second best left tackle in this draft and solidify our offensive line and and give Justin Herbert a fighting chance back there their next pick uh in the second round was Asante Samuel Jr. I really like him I think he looks more like he's going to be an inside nickel corner but and again we're going to get into this later you play a lot of nickel so he's essentially a starter that they got in the second round that they needed. And then third round pick uh, Josh Palmer is another one of those burner wide receivers. It's something that they didn't have on their team as far as their wide receiver room with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They now have this component, which is why I drafted in our mock draft of Monte Smith. They went in the third round and picked up, Josh Palmer, a speed guy, and then p- replaced Hunter Henry in the third round with Trey McKinney. I really like overall what the Chargers did. They didn't they didn't trade literally at all. They just sat where they were and they made value based picks, and I think they did a great job.
0: I agree, I don't have much to add. They drafted a guy with the last name Rumpf, that's about mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah, the second Chris Rumpf, the second.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if you're gonna have a Rumpf, may as well have two.
1: Yeah, these I, I think that they're later picks. After, once they get to the fourth round, I I don't know any of these guys. I definitely feel like with the Chargers, maybe one of the reasons why you were kind of shocked. That I was going to talk about them is—it's definitely top heavy. It's definitely their first two picks, are or the best two picks without a doubt. But I think where they got them, and not having to move, was a win for them.
0: I'm not too shark shocked. Sharked. I'm not too shocked on that. I mean, I you're honestly, not a shark. I'm not, yeah, I'm not that either. But I, I don't think. I honestly have more of an issue with Jets being a winner than I do the, the chargers, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not quite sure what the, what the, the pundits think, but uh, that's, that's what I think. I don't, I don't remember where they were like in terms of average draft grade or whatever. Our man,
1: our man, Ben Solak had the, uh, I'm ready to die for you, Tom Telesco tweet set up after the re- second round. And then he deleted it and got rid of it in his drafts after, after their second round pick. He's, He's not a huge fan. He's probably one of the people that I trust the most um, as far as the draft goes. And then Daniel Jeremiah is another guy, but he works for the Chargers. So he's oh. not going to say anything negatively about them. He's their play by play guy for their radio.
0: Sure. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you know, I don't recognize any of the names either after Asante Samuel Jr., but mm-hmm. uh, I, mean, I know Josh of, Palmer. is is Those are two solid names at the top there. They needed O line help, they needed a defensive back help, and they got two great names there. You know what I mean? So, like, I I, I mean, that's you fill your needs. That's what you need to do. That I mean, they, they, they are gonna probably be the team. Well, they might be the team that benefits the most from a from a a coach coaching change. Well, I agree. No, I'm gonna take Mm, the Jets are definitely the most team that's gonna benefit the most from a coaching of Adam Gase was one of the worst coaches I have ever witnessed.
1: Yeah, I think, (laughs) I mean, Jags, you don't like Urban, but all three of those teams are teams that are going to greatly benefit from coaching changes.
0: Yeah, but it's not like... There were just... There is bad coaches in terms of, you know, they're just not managing their team. They're not getting the best out of their players. Mm -hmm. Things like that. And then... There are coaches like Adam Gase. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Who, I mean, it's not, it's like they're, they are deliberately making their teams worse. And so that, that's kind of what I'm referring to. Yeah. And it's, it was the same thing with the Chargers. I think Brandon Staley, they needed, they need a guy that knows defense because their offense has a chance of being really good. And they needed, some defensive help, both from a scheme aspect and from talent aspect. I think it's mm-hmm. you not know, just adds the scheme aspect, and they're gonna. I mean, from the talent aspect, and I think the scheme is gonna be much better with Anthony Lynn now gone, uh, who was just I, I'm just another guy who's terrible, clear, terrible at everything. Time management, yeah. One of the things. Calling.
1: One of the things that we looked up because I watched the Chargers a lot this year was. The other team, other than the Jags, that I watched their games in full and didn't just game pass them. Anthony Lynn, I looked up, It is the coach that ran the ball the most on second and short in the NFL. What are you doing running the ball on second and short? That's just an example of how bad of a coach he was.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't even matter who your quarterback is. Not to mention the fact that you're having you have an obviously great offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as your
1: quarterback, yeah. and you're going to run it on second and short more yeah. than anybody else in the league. You're, Give you're, me your a lead break. running
0: back is injured. You know, you're throwing out your third guy, yep. Belichick or whatever, and you're like, you know what, Let's run it.
1: second and second and short. Let's pick up that first down. Low yeah. risk.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're going to benefit from the the coaching change. And you, the, the, so that's why I mean, like, they just needed to fill a couple needs. Mm-hmm. Scheme change is going to really help. I mean, they, they could be a wild card team for sure next year.
1: All right, let's do uh, let's let's skew negative. We're going to do both of your negatives um, because my negatives are together and it's more of not necessarily it is who they picked for my negatives, but it's more of how they philosophically handled the draft. So let's do your two negatives. Get us going, Casey.
0: The Raiders of Las Vegas are my first loser in this NFL draft. I think everyone was kind of shocked at the tackle they chose sitting there at 16, Alex Leatherwood. I mean, it's just, I'm not quite, or 17. I'm not quite sure what they were thinking. (laughs) You were talking about trade up for your guy type of thing, but uh, they didn't they could have waited forever. <laughs> and Alex Leatherwood probably would have still been there. Uh, and they didn't – obviously, they didn't trade up. But to pick – I mean, it, it was a significant overdraft. PFF had him ranked as the ninth tackle on their board. Mm-hmm. He has major issues with pass protection. You know, we talked about – we. I mean, the Raiders were one of my losers for the free agency period because yep. they lost a lot of their offensive line. For but no reason. We knew – They were going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. And they drafted someone that was just, I mean, he just wasn't a first-round pick. Uh, And tackles weren't really going at that point either. Mm -hmm. Darisaw was still on the board. Jenkins, Cosme, your man Walker Little, all on the board still. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, a lot of these guys would have been available in the second round when they came up even and they stick,
1: go ahead sorry
0: and they they went ahead and they they got leatherwood i'll let you go i don't know how much more to yeah. say about leatherwood if you want to go ahead.
1: yeah so my leatherwood point counter to what i was saying before about going up and getting your guy the reason why i don't like this pick that they that they picked leatherwood here is because of the history of their previous drafts they have, they have proven time and time again that they don't make good selections by picking their guy in the first round. So for me, why I liked it from the Jets is because new coach, not, not a new GM, um, but a new coach, a new scheme. If they're moving up to pick their guy, I'm going to give a new regime the benefit of the doubt that they're doing it correctly. But once a team has proven to me that they are not good at it, then I'm willing to, at this point, be like, yeah, you picked your guy, but he probably was not the right pick. All other Raiders and Cleland Farrell and Jonathan Abram after that. Both guys evaluated lower than where they picked them. They still picked them and they're not living up to their spot that they were picked at.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of funny stuff that came out after this. I mean, I think a lot of people just look at the Raiders and they think, John Gruden, you know, he's, he's making these decisions. And it's mm-hmm. not great to have – I mean, by it seems that John Gruden is kind of too influential there, and he has a guy, and I bet you Alex Leatherwood was his guy. And then you have something um, – Did you see the, the Mike Maycock Mayock, – Mayock, I don't know, the GM of the Raiders? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The the stuff about how you know the scouts the scouts didn't have him high or did have him high didn't have him high but you know I, I I'm kind of scrambling here in terms of what exactly he said but
1: he was basically trying to save face
0: uh, he was he's, he was a scout for years but he was making fault making fun of scouts because the scouts mm-hmm. didn't have Leatherwood high is basically the gist of it and. it's it's just it's it was a terrible terrible pick uh Mm -hmm. and um you know not to mention the fact that they already had the offensive line that they really needed and they cut them for the most part yeah that was that was
1: definitely something that we talked about in our free agency pod we brought up the lions how they got rid of darius slay and then turned around and picked a corner in round one how is that making your team better uh the raiders did the same thing they cut massive parts of their offensive line. And we're like, Hey, now we need offensive line. You're not making your team better.
0: So the rest of the draft, I mean, their, their best pick was, uh, Moe rig in the second mm-hmm. He kind of dropped a little, not sure why. A lot of people had him as a, the top safety. Mm-hmm. They needed a safety. Don't get me wrong. Um, but so
1: much. So they needed a safety so bad.
0: They drafted, they drafted three, three of them.
1: They seven. drafted three safeties.
0: Seven picks, and you know what we're going to do? Three on safeties.
1: <laughs> Three on safeties. So Casey's, Casey's got this bit that he likes to mess around with me because Miles Jack is my favorite player, and um, he, likes to, he likes to tell me that the Jags are going to run, run an all-11 linebacker defense. So I think what the Raiders are doing is they're saying, I see your all-11 linebacker defense. Casey, yeah. we're going to run an all-11 safety defense. What do you think about
0: that? That's not going to work. Okay, eleven linebackers is the way to go, and eleven safeties is comical. Uh, but you know what's going to happen? I, one of the guys they're they're gonna is a, has was a safety, and now they're gonna say, "Hey, you're a linebacker now." That is legit going to happen. That's what they're mm-hmm. doing with one of their three safeties. So, I mean, it's just it it it's a it's a funny funny draft class that they they went with. I mean, three safeties is just – I mean it, 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 that is comical. Um, you have to go 11 linebackers or bust, you know, but beside that, they drafted Malcolm Kuntz, who was a reach at defensive end. He was about picked 90 spots ahead of where he was supposed to go based on PFF big board. I mean, just classic Raiders reaching all over the place for guys that are their guys, but. Um, are only their guys and no one else's guys. No one else is like, oh yeah, this great grab It's great for your scheme. You don't you don't have a scheme. You have, you have the Gruden scheme, which is, you know, you you, you saw you, you heard him on ESPN. He doesn't have a scheme in his head. He's just talking.
1: The other thing about their three safeties, not only did they need three safeties so bad, but the third safety they took, Tyree Gillespie, who we've already talked about um, with the trade back with the Jets, that's that was their third Safety and they traded up for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like we we need this guy.
1: We, we gotta have we together. gotta we have, have two, another safety. We, we already have two safety. safeties on our roster, but we yeah. gotta get three safeties. Well, not, in this three, draft.
0: Yeah, yeah. not two safeties on the roster. Two two safeties on this draft, <laughs> this draft class.
1: Yeah, but they already have two safeties on
0: their roster. Oh right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they yeah. So now there's there's safety of plenty. I mean mm-hmm. they're, set, they're they're six away, right? So that's uh, pretty good. Um they're they're well on their way. <laughs> Not enough safeties in this league. Um, other loser, Dallas Cowboys. So everyone had Patrick Sertain going to them at ten, and they're sitting there at ten. All the corners, hell, all the defenders are still on the board. Things are looking great. And eight goes J.C. Horn. Nine goes Patrick Sertain. And it is panic time in Jerry Jones' war room. <laughs> Motherfucker. And so what do you do when you panic? You make the worst decision, and you trade with a division rival. Justin Fields is sitting there. The Eagles need a quarterback. I mean, all for all they could have known, the Eagles could be trading up for a quarterback that could be torturing them for the next 10 to 15 years. <laughs> and you're going to make the trade with them. Now, they picked Devontae Smith, which is, you know. It's fine, you know that part didn't really matter too much. Mm-hmm. But what they did after trading back with their division rival is they picked a linebacker, which not high in their needs. I mean, they already had Terrell Basham, they had Leighton Vander, they have Jalen Smith. I, I definitely other things they could have went with there. Micah Parsons, you know, best linebacker by most people's standards in terms of um on their big boards but not exactly a huge need there and again i think it was just kind of a panic at the time they were just not expecting both of their my guess is they're both top corners i bet you they really like jc horn too and i bet you if he was there they would have grabbed him Mm -hmm. but them for both of them to go right before they picked i think they panicked and they went there so of course they still need a corner. Second round pick, Kelvin Joseph. Huge behavioral issues. Alien himself on two different coaching with two different coaching staff, LSU and Kentucky. Needs to be mature, headstrong, self-interested. Just what you want in your locker room.
1: That's that's a Dallas pick, if I've ever heard it.
0: Absolutely it is, and that's the problem. Yeah. You don't need another fucking personality in that locker room. So yeah, the, the the adding to that, let's 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 pick a guy that's a big risk that team is trying to rebuild the culture if they ever had one. It's um, Samuel
1: Jr. By the way, three picks after that, after that. Pick. Sure,
0: I mean it's it's like going back to the, the Dolphins picking Jason Allen over Antonio Cromartie potentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like there's not even it's not even just talent there. It's also, I mean, it's not even just behavioral. It's also talent. So it's it's rough. Mm-hmm. bunch of other, I mean, there are other picks. You can go through them potentially. You probably know more. The, the best one I liked out of the group was Jabril Cox, linebacker for LSU.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But Same. the other ones, I mean, Chauncey Golston, defensive end, Sean Wright, cornerback. Oh, good luck. Odiggy Zula. Nailed it. Proud of you.
1: That's <laughs> what I'm here for. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also going on the name list. Um, <laughs> uh, for for our next child, but Ooh, yeah, I mean, Otagi yeah, there it is. Uh, a lot of defense and potentially not a lot of talent. So <sighs> that's why they're they're a loser on my list. Um, you never trade with division right in the first round. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, that was wild. I think so. I think that they were just like whoever calls first, just fuck it. We don't even want to be here anymore. We're taking our ball and we're going home. The the Cowboys definitely got the uh, Southern Lady Bless Their Heart award for me for this draft for what happened to them in the first round getting snaked. And then I think they probably would have taken Trevon Morick, who we were just talking about, who the Raiders jumped over top of them to get. Like I think if he would have been there for them in the second round, they would have picked him. So I, I think that they just got snaked twice in this draft and then they just were full tilt and they were just throwing a tantrum with the rest of their picks. I feel that bad for him,
0: mean, Throwing a tantrum doesn't sound like Jerry Jones at all. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, one day that team will be run by someone else. But until then, Cowboy's going to Cowboy.
1: Mm-hmm. So my two losers, um, I, I kind of put these two teams together. When I was talking to you about them, you were like, oh, this is kind of low-hanging fruit. But the reason why I want to talk about them as losers is not because they didn't have first and second round selections, but because of the choice that they, the choices that they made with the picks that they had, which were not many. The, my two losers are the Rams and the Texans who both had, Mm -hmm. didn't have a pick until the third round. Uh, And the Texans went ahead with their first pick overall and selected Davis Mills quarterback out of Stanford followed up with a trade up, giving up more draft capital that they already didn't have. And another draft pick for next year for Nico Collins, a wide receiver that they could have replaced with anything again, next their next pick fifth round brevin jordan i think that was probably the best pick of their entire draft and then after that they do it again and they trade uh they got 174 for 203 and 212 so they gave up another additional pick that they already didn't have to draft a human being named garrett wallow i've never heard of this person in my life before casey
0: which is surprising cuz you've heard of a yeah, lot of this guys.
1: should be shocking to you people because <laughs> this, I watched way too many uh, people for this draft way what too many prospects does Mr. Wallow play he's a linebacker
0: okay i
1: first and foremost they became a loser instantaneously when they picked Davis Mills if Davis Mills is playing quarterback for them this year that means Deshaun Watson is not which means they are at the very least second worst team in the NFL. And you know what they're doing? If they're the second worst team in the NFL next year, drafting a quarterback. Why are you going to waste a pick on a quarterback who made it all the way down to the third round? When, if he plays for you this year, you're going to be picking a quarterback again. I don't understand.
0: So, Counterpoint. Did you it hit
1: like Davis Mills? Davis Mills is a guy that was highly recruited, highly rated, um, but he couldn't stay healthy. He had two major injuries in college. Okay. Two is the emphasis on on what I'm saying because later I'm going to defend a guy.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I think
1: he played. I think he played less less than less than ten total games. I don't remember this number off the top of my head, but he. Got hurt his first year, and then he got hurt again.
0: Yeah, my so my my only counterpoint to that is that, I mean, that pick makes me think that they will no longer have Deshaun Watson soon, whether it be by suspension or trade, because he was already on his way out the door, um, before all this other all these other allegations surfaced, and now he might be suspended and trade um, whenever he does come back. So, and I've said this before, you take as many shots at quarterback that you, you possibly can. If you're looking for your franchise quarterback and you don't have, you don't have one in, in your, your QB room and you know it, um, you know, they have a few, I think they have four or five QBs now in their QB room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I, I believe, is. Tyrod
1: Taylor is presumably QB2. And then at Ryan this point.
0: Finley, I believe, is another. Correct. And uh, David Mills, though. So. And I want to say they have one more, and I just can't think of them. But,
1: Who cares? Not important.
0: Yeah. They're not going to be franchise quarterbacks. I don't know if am saying David Mills will, but, um, you know, maybe if he's healthy, he could be something that you could start that would be better than those other backups, and you got to take your shot now. And you're not going to be competitive. If you don't have Deshaun Watson, you're not going to be competitive for a few years. Right. So take your couple shots at QB now and, you know, do it this year, do it next year. And then you'll you'll have, hopefully, a better shot at having a franchise quarterback to replace Watson if he is indeed out the door. Which, that I mean, that's what this pick is. And if they, on the other hand, if they're starting Watson this year, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't see that happen. I I, I I think
1: he's dug in. I don't think he's going to play for them, even after the legal stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless the legal stuff makes him kind of be like, oh, well, I guess I can't really, I don't have much leverage here. And so then he decides, oh, I do have to play for them. But this pick makes me think he's not playing for him. If he Mm -hmm. does play for them, then it's a bad pick. But if he does not play for them, it's a shot at a quarterback at the most important position, and you need somebody. You need a franchise quarterback to replace him. So you go ahead and take a shot this year. You're gonna go two and 14, 2 and fifteen. I mean, and you can Drop take a quarterback shot at a QB next year.
1: Yeah, and that's my point is even if Davis Mills comes in and he's okay, and you're like, well, maybe we got something with this guy, and they go two and 15 2 and fifteen this year now, right? Yeah, yeah. switch it up. <laughs> uh, even if they go two and fifteen. They're drafting a quarterback, and they're going to start that guy. So even even with what you're saying that you take as many shots on a quarterback, if he plays for them, they're not going to be competitive, and they're just going to draft another quarterback. So what? It's a redundancy. You're not. And if it's Sam Howell, if it's Desmond Ritter, if it's Keaton Slovis, they're going to start them instantaneously next year, and Davis Mills is just going to be their backup when they could have taken. Literally anything else other than a quarterback there. So that was that was my problem with their draft. Similarly, another team that I um, strongly disliked was the Rams. Now the Rams, uh, unlike the Texans, made some trade backs and got some more draft capital, but their first pick in the third round was if. People feel like Devonte Smith is a risk because of how how small he is. The Rams said we'll raise you that, and we're going to draft a 144 pound Tutu Atwell with the first pick. Um, and then the rest of their draft, obviously because they didn't have a pick before the third round, is guys that almost nobody's ever heard of. Um, but Tutu Atwell is. Oh, sorry. They picked him in the second round. Pick yeah, 25. Yeah, was a, I was like, a he second was in second round pick. 2-2 uh, Atwell. 144 pound wide receiver. Never been done before in the NFL. They say, you know what? We don't have a lot of picks. and We're going to take possibly one of the biggest risks.
0: Yeah, I mean... Plus, yeah. I mean, not only that, but it's in a position where they don't really need... Correct. <laughs> a wide receiver. Um, so yeah. I I I don't understand that pick either. But um you know. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think with both of these, it's all just like you like to give Jags an extra bump or two because of them drafting Trevor Lawrence, which was just handed to them, you are inevitably gonna give you them Minuses because they didn't have first round picks, so it oh. makes it more likely to be a loser, just like the Jags are more likely to be a winner. Which I just, yes, don't and
1: know. no. Because had had the Rams picked a wide receiver, whatever, that's fine. If you think that that's what you need, just swap 2 2 at well with the next wide receiver that was taken, Terrence Marshall, and they would be off my list. You take a guy in Terrence Marshall who can come in. And he can play for you. He fits your scheme. He's a guy who, on twenty, uh, on his touchdown per catch rate was twenty one point seven percent in college. Take take that guy. Take a guy who's productive, whose size fits the NFL. And the Rams are off my list. I don't. You don't have a first round pick. Don't make a wild risk with your next pick, and then just pick people who were nobody's ever even heard of before.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with that part. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I don't like the picks at all.
1: So that's our winners and losers, Casey. I think there's no possible way that we could be wrong with anything that we've said in this section. Correct. They don't need to play the season. We've already determined everything for them.
0: Yeah, much like this next section, we are going to nail it perfectly.
1: hundred percent. Hey, um, so I'm sure none of you are surprised by this, but Casey and I like to talk about football. We went a little bit longer than we intended to. Um, but what we're going to do for you is we're going to give you a gift and we're going to split this podcast into two. So what you just heard was our winners and losers up next is another podcast we'll be dropping, and it is our deep dive of our TNA section into the Jags and Dolphins, and then what we're doing in the future. So enjoy the two podcasts this week.